0: Back on the Land Day Radio Network, I'm continuing my my healthcast series. We, we are at Rise in Nashville, the Gaylord Opryland Hotel. We've brought in a lot of fantastic healthcare minds and leaders around the country. I wanted to bring in. I've been trying to get this. Is, so this is my this is one of my personal friends. Like it's more than just business with this individual uh, for for me. Mark Nyarko, who is a, is the vice president of Medicaid operations for Highmark. And, and Mark and I worked at Highmark together uh, probably about five, six years ago. Mark was a mentor to me. He taught me a lot about being an executive. He taught me a lot about um playing politics he taught me a lot about really how to have executive presence and how to own a room and, and i spent a lot of time shadowing mark and watching mark he kind of took me under his wing i hope that i've made you proud over the years man it's it's really it's really fantastic to have you on the show after all of this time man i, I greatly appreciate you calling in and chat with us real briefly
1: hey Jay, I really appreciate uh, the warm welcome um you know it's uh good to be here and uh Hopefully, can share some things that um, are beneficial to you and your audience. Oh,
0: absolutely. Um, so, so Mark, tell us about we. Now we're at Rise, so we've been very focused on m- several really hot button topics. And and I know that you've you've been an AEP for years. You you've done a lot in your career. You've you've done enrollment. You've done so many things. Uh, you've been at multiple large health plans. Tell us about your career and kind of your leadership trajectory, some of the things that you've learned over the years as a healthcare executive and, and kind of how you got into this role.
1: Yeah, well, I'll just start at the beginning, so um, you know my, uh, my, my experience really started in the mid 90s. Um, was introduced uh, into healthcare care uh, through Humana. Um, it was, at the time we were vertically integrated. Uh, which means we had, you know, the health plan and hospital operations kind of tied together, and um, that was that was pretty much where I kind of uh, cut my teeth uh, in uh, uh, healthcare. You know, started off uh, in healthcare uh, finance, and then kind of orbited into internal consulting until I rested in uh, operations. And so, when I talk about you know Medicare operations, uh, it's twofold. In my mind, um, it is, you know, the back office functions that uh, you mentioned, Jay, earlier, like billing, enrollment, claims, customer service encounters, any portal work that you have, et cetera. Just basically where members enter um, into the experience they're going to have with the plan. Uh, And the second second part of it is what we call uh, annual election period, something that's unique to Medicare. Uh, And and basically, it is a season uh, between October 15th and December 7th when members have an opportunity to kind of uh, re-up in their uh, same plan or choose a new uh, Medicare plan. And there's a lot of um, tasks that have to be executed in order for folks to have a successful open enrollment uh, period. Uh, it's the selling season for Medicare, it's a Super Bowl that comes every year during that time period. Uh, it, it's really, really tough to pull off uh, because of all the things that you have to do to prepare for the uh, following year. Um, from, you know, anything from printing new ID cards to making sure that all your mandated marketing materials out there, compliant, on time, uh, anything, you know, things like your annual, annual notification of change, summary of your benefits, things of that nature. And also, you know, more importantly, you have to make sure that all of your uh, systems are performing uh, next year's products uh, on, the, on, on their platform correctly. And so, um, you know, you're, you're talking about lining up, you know, tens of thousands of tasks horizontally, make sure that um, they are all uh, represented, tested, and, and through the process. So I've had an opportunity to do that uh, in two places, in two companies, and it's really how I grew up in the organization, and it's really kind of what led me to have, um, you know, the love that I do for, um, you know, back-end operations. So tell- I'll stop and pause, see if you have any more questions. At nah, I
0: mean, I always have questions. I'm, I'm curious, tell us about, because your role now, I know that, that Highmark is, is always expanding, and I'm at Rise, so I've, I've interviewed people from Capital Blue Cross, which is right in your backyard. Uh, had, I was just talking to one of my friends from Horizon, was talking to a friend from Excellus. So Highmark is, is obviously a major player in, in the Mid-Atlantic region of the country, as, as far as the Blues plans go. You transition into a role where you're running their Medicaid operations, which my time at Highmark, I'm very familiar with Highmark's Medicaid operations, uh, the the absorption of Gateway. I, I literally Dan Weaver literally just walked by me while I'm while I'm talking and patting me on the shoulder. Uh, so I know I know the Highmark culture, the Highmark team very well from my time there. Tell us about some of your plans and some of the challenges uh, getting the the Medicaid. You know. Being in Delaware and being in West Virginia and and Pennsylvania, Medicaid is is so much different from Medicare because it's different rules on a state-by-state uh, basis. So, when you're in a multi-state plan, I don't know if you guys are in Medicaid in New York, but if you're in a multi-state plan, you've got to know many rules and regulations because it's going to be completely different. Your Medicaid member in Buffalo than your Medicaid member would be in uh, Dover, Delaware. So, I'm very, I'm very curious to some of the challenges and some of the some of the fantastic plans and leadership that you're bringing to the table.
1: Hey, yeah, I appreciate that. So, um, to your point, uh, there, Jay, we are actively in the middle of a transformation to um, do exactly uh, what you're talking about. I think, um, you know, our strategy, we've been pretty uh, clear about it. We want to grow. And that means that we want to support multiple plans on one platform. Mm -hmm. Right now, there's some fragmentation as, you know, we've entered into two, you know, different states at different times. And so they have, you know, different types of operating models. So we basically have taken a step back. We're thinking about, you know, benefit plan structure, um, hierarchical structure for, you know, member setup things that we can scale, because right now the way that, um, you know, we've kind of built our systems, they've pretty much been built around requirements for single states. Okay. And in order to grow, we have to, um, you know, kind of think more broadly and set things up so we can scale them long term. So um, we're in the process of uh, moving all of our infrastructure to a new ecosystem in Google Cloud. And uh, we, we expect to have everything up and running um, by uh, the beginning of next year.
0: It's good stuff. If you're just tuning in or you're listening on the podcast version, you're listening live on uh, WOL 95.9 FM in the, the DMV, Washington, DC area through our affiliation with Urban One Radio One Network. I'm talking to Mark Niarko, who is, a, I think of him as a friend, a colleague a mentor just an, an, an awesome person uh, to be around just always a positive spirit uh, somebody that lights up a room with their smile and, and their presence. one of the things that you've helped me with is that um, you I watched you and shadowed you mark you're you're fantastic in the executive boardroom you're you're somebody that always, Meets, meets, meets expectations, uh, you know you know how to maneuver politics, you know how to work with people, you know how to be a bridge, you know how to reach out, uh, just something that you have a strong skill set with. Tell us a little bit about your leadership style and some of the things that, that, that kind of set you apart and, and some of the cornerstones that you've built your teams and built your career on from a leadership perspective.
1: Yeah, so um, I kind of say that, you know, I I have the pleasure of um, being a part of what I consider the greatest leadership organization in the world, and that's the military. So I kind of grew up with uh, military tenants uh, because I started there um, right outside of high school through college. And um, the the military is really good at, um, you know, creating good followers, uh, which also means that, you know, you're going to be a good leader if you, you know, pay attention to the things that you're taught. And so for me, um, orbiting into a uh, corporate um, type of environment, you know, I, I listened a lot. I had great mentors. Uh, the thing about corporate America, uh, the rules aren't published. So you, you need someone um, mm. to to kind of walk you through, you know, the things that you need to do to navigate uh, correctly. And so I paid attention to all those things. And it takes time. It takes experience. And um, it also takes um, you know, so you got to take risks at certain times, yeah. but I, I can tell you that, yeah. um, you know, I, I really um, try to, you know, kind of understand it. Each company has its own DNA, so there is no yeah. master code that you can tell someone. Yeah. You kind of have to get in, throw the things, see what the company gives you. Hopefully, you'll have a leader, uh, you know, a mentor or a sponsor who's willing to sit down with you and, and you know, kind of talk through things. Um that's kinda how I learned how to play the game. Um, you know, here at the HighMark, uh it's my first not for profit blues experience. Okay. And uh it is it is completely different, yeah, it's different. than um, any other organization I've come from. I could say it's almost academic in nature, yeah. uh, as opposed to um, you know, the things that you find in uh, the for profit realm. So that means that, you know, how you get things done, there's a way to socialize it. Um, you know, there's a way to um, you know, kinda, you know, work the halls to get things um, you know, done. And I can say um, in this company more than any, uh, it's, it's the meaning that you have outside of the meeting. Oh, yeah. That's the most important. Yeah. And so i um, doing that and then making sure that, you know, you read the room and some of those things come with instincts. But also, you know, you need people to kind of help you with that. And so knowing that there's a game, knowing that there's a game to understand is, is more than half the battle.
0: No, nah, definitely. In, in reading the room, you know, Highmark has a fantastic culture. I mean, it's, it's really a springboard. A lot of people have matriculated through Highmark and gone on to extremely successful careers. People have stayed at Highmark and moved up within the organization. I just remember, I remember with you, Mark, is we were both getting to the office real early, so I'd be coming in at like 5.45, 6 a.m. Yeah. Uh, I lived out in Cranberry. It's coming all the right. way down Cranberry. And, and as I was pulling my car into the garage, I would often see you, you had just pulled your car into the garage. Right. And, and uh, Mark. Is, is very intimidating because they have a 40 story building and, and they have food there and a cafeteria there and um, you know it's almost like a mini mall in there. You can get a Pilates class yeah. in there. Um and, and they, you know, to work at HighMark you've got to put in the work. You've got to put in time. It's it's a very matrix environment. You're gonna put in time, you're gonna put in energy, but they have some of the best enmities of any company that I've ever worked for. And I just remember seeing you every morning, and, and we were we were going in there. We were on the same floor, and we were really going in there to get a job done. And, and I hope that I was effective in my work. I know that you were effective uh, in your work. My final question is: I'm very curious. You know, I know that you're getting into the the Medicaid side. You have one of the big buzz topics here at Rise is OIG. You know, um, and 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 all of the audit processes. That are coming up for for data submissions and Kara, suggest your thoughts in general. Not not any not any secret sauce about what Highmark is doing, but just what are your thoughts about data submissions and, and your thoughts about um, managing data, having a strong audit process. Uh, how are you implementing and leading from the front with with these new metrics that are that are coming up through CMS and OIG? Yeah, so um, you know I have to
1: say that. Um, healthcare companies have to become big data companies that happen to be in healthcare. Um, data is where it is, especially in operations. There's a lot of exhaust from the business. You, you do learn about, you know, your clinical policy and how it's performing. You learn about products and how they're performing. And then there's a big, um, you know, compliance aspect to everything. So it is, it, you know, a lot of times, you know, people think about, you know, back office functions and, you know, operations, they think about, you know, kind of the um, you know grunt work of, of what's going on, but there's a lot of intellectual property that runs through it, and um, it I think companies are um, beginning to think about it uh, differently. I know that Highmark is opening up some pot, some some pretty important partnerships with some uh, data type companies. I, I think right now in this season of where we are in healthcare and all the challenges that we have, um, I, I I suspect that there'll be a disruptor who mm. comes in, when I say disruptor, someone like, uh, you know, an Amazon, someone like a Microsoft, someone like a Google, who will come in and, and really, uh, you know, not being afraid of knowing knowing how customers behave, maybe not knowing the medical space much like, you know, others. But I, I look for someone to come in and um, really shake up um, the industry in ways that we haven't seen before, because I think it's right before the time.
0: Live from the Paragon 7 Studios, you are listening to the Lange J. Ohio State has a superior roster. Ohio State has a better quarterback. They have better running backs. They have better offensive line, better defensive line, better corners, better safeties, better cheerleaders, better coaches, better fans, better uniforms, better stickers on the helmet. Rampage the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmole squad. Better stadium. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network.